Welcome to the Sounds and Presentation Podcast. This is Trevor Lee here. It's still lockdown, isn't it? So we're still hoping that, you know, business will at some point return to some sort of normality. But in the meantime, we've got to make the most of the situation, haven't we? So I'm trying through this podcast to share with you some tips and ideas that will help you not only right now, but provide you with, you know, ideas for working on your skills going forward as well. So on this week's show, or this particular show, because I'm going out, I think, twice a week now. Uh, I've got David Bone. David appeared on a show earlier in January talking about exporting. But the other side of his business is that he works as a business consultant, as a non-executive director, that sort of thing. And so therefore, he's got great insight into how businesses are coping at the moment across a wide spectrum. So in this uh, podcast, David's going to share with you what he has seen happening out there. And he's got some great thoughts and ideas around thinking ahead, around planning now, about looking after your cash, all that sort of stuff. So you will get a lot from this podcast. So um, welcome, everybody, to the podcast and welcome to David Bone. Let's go for it. So welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Sales and Presentation Podcast. Uh, My guest today is David Bone. David is a very experienced businessman. Uh, He works as a non-executive director. Uh, He runs his own uh, export training and consultancy business as well called Export Savvy. And David, you will recall, appeared on the show back in January when he talked about exporting. But today, David's going to uh, talk about what's happening in the current situation and the experiences he's having with his clients. He's got some great stuff to share with you. So, David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Trevor. Great to see you again. Albeit remotely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all getting used to this, David, aren't we? You know, sometime in the future, we will see each other in the re- for real, I'm sure. So uh, yeah, you, had to make, you had to make your own coffee this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Now, David, I know you've been uh, tremendously busy during the, the kind of lockdown situation, working with your clients as well as developing your own business. So uh, tell us a little bit about your experiences in the last few weeks and the things that you've noticed are happening and you've been involved in that our listeners could benefit from. Well, I'm very fortunate, Trevor, as you say, that I work with a a wide variety of clients of all different sizes, actually, Um, particularly down here in Cornwall. There are a number of um, clients that are fairly large. I've got um, uh, one client that, that turns over in excess of 20 million. And then I've got other clients that are turning over sort of close to sort of um, three, four hundred thousand who are relatively small and just starting out. So I'm getting a fairly good insight into how it's working at both ends of the spectrum um, in terms of this dreadful crisis that we're in and how it seems to be affecting these businesses. Um, I, I think my, my first observation is that the the businesses that seem to be coping the best or seem to be coping um, most aptly are the ones that are the most flexible, um, the ones that have been able to um, change direction quite quickly um, or batten down the hatches. I mean, people have different strategies and different ways of dealing with the situation that we have at the moment. I think what's tended to happen for most businesses, and not all, because it's um, slightly different for some, but for most businesses, the biggest challenge, um, uh, number one, has been the fact that the business that they've had has disappeared or has significantly reduced. In other words, they really don't have very much day-to-day business and thus revenue coming in. Um, I think the second thing is where... Uh, particularly for the larger businesses where they've had a team of people that they've suddenly had to disseminate all over the county um, or all over the country in some cases 
um, and yet they still had to manage them remotely um, and still make them effective um, moving on. And I think the third thing, and, and again, this refers probably more to the larger businesses, but it's also the same with some of the smaller businesses, is there's a real challenge around maintaining morale and team spirit when um, when everyone's in such a dreadful situation. And it's um, and this is where leadership, in my personal view, really comes to the fore. It's when the going gets really tough that the um, certainly the strong leaders that I see step into the into the breach um, and lead from the front. But interestingly, that doesn't mean do everything themselves. And I think there's the big there's the big thing that um, has been very apparent. It's the leaders that actually are empowering their teams to deliver, um, as opposed to doing it themselves, that are seeming to adapt most quickly. That's very interesting, that David, because I remember in the days when uh, you know we 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 started having people occasionally work from home, you know, some years ago, and one of the challenges for the leadership. Uh, management teams at the time was was uh, trusting you know people to do a great job while they weren't there it was you know in those days unless you were visible and sat in front of somebody you weren't doing anything so it, you know there's been a huge mindset change in that over time but now this is the next big step forward isn't it do you think david that the the management and leadership will uh, have learned quite a lot during this during this situation about how to deal with that and maybe inclined to encourage it more going forward I certainly hope so, Trevor. Um, very interesting you say that. I, um, I I met a very good colleague who ran a very large multinational business. I've known this chap for years. Um, in fact, we, um, we actually went to school together and I've, I've known him for a long time. And um, we were laughing one day because he said, um, he said, actually, he said, in my office, and he's a managing director of a large multinational, he said, in my office, I actually have a couch. Um, and I spend, you know, half my diet, my day lying down on the couch with my eyes closed. And, and I said, oh, that's kind of interesting. I said, what's all that about? And he said, well, that's what I'm paid to do. He said, I'm paid to think and I'm paid to think about how the business is going to progress. He said, I'm not paid to go out there and fight fires. Um, now, he was incredibly successful. He's retired now um, in a very nice place around the world. But he, you know, he was someone that really understood that, that management is about leading um it's not necessarily about doing and i think what really has come to the fore in this crisis is that the slightly larger companies and i've spoken to a number of different companies who are slightly larger i'll come back to the smaller ones in a minute but the slightly larger companies um, that have empowered management teams in place with strong job descriptions and who are able to manage their own area of the business and thus adapt their own area of the business seem to have been the ones that have coped with this crisis better than the ones where the leaders are charging from the front and trying to pull everyone else along. So I think the secret is in the setup really. It's in how businesses um, engage their management and trust their management, most importantly, to um, to actually deliver what the company needs on a day-to-day -day basis. And I have to say, that's not something that you would do just in a crisis. That's something that you would do in the way that the business is running daily. And the really big advantage of that, that I've seen a lot of, is that the senior management of business owners that, that actually engage that type of business model 
give themselves an awful lot of headspace to actually look around and see what's going on, leaving their management teams to deliver the operational side of the business, which is actually, you know, the most effective way to do it. Um, you know, if you look at all great leaders in the world, they don't tend to get stuck into the day-to-day -day stuff. They tend to stand back and take an objective view of what's actually going on. Um, and I think when you run your own business, particularly if you've started that business right from the beginning, it's a very tricky transition to move yourself out of, you know, getting stuck in daily because you think that's what the role is, to moving into leadership and moving into directorship. And um, what is really interesting is this is where the transition from business owner to business director um, is such an important part of um, a business person maturing. What about the smaller businesses, David? You mentioned that you know they were having to do, the, what your experience right now is that they might be doing things slightly differently. Yeah, I think the, the, the great thing about business is that the smaller a business is, the more flexible it tends to be. Um, and I think that's the really interesting observation here. So um, the skill really is to grow a business, any business, with maximum flexibility. And I think this crisis has absolutely demonstrated the value of thinking about that when you're growing your business. So um, the great thing about small businesses is that small businesses have a are able to change direction very quickly. Um, and that is one of their competitive advantages. The challenge with small businesses, of course, is the fact that they tend to be not very heavily resourced. Um, and they often, when they're growing, um, tend to rely on day-to-day -day business to provide the working capital and cash flow that they require in order to um, to grow the business and move the business forward. I think what this has enabled um, a number of the businesses that I've been working with, the smaller businesses that I've been working with, is to, is to ask uh, a number of questions. Number one is, is my business model flexible? In other words, um, am I carrying too many overheads? And quite clearly, the ones that have developed their business not carrying high levels of overhead are the ones that have tended to... Um, cope better in the current set of circumstances. I always look at it as it's, um, uh, I think you've heard me say this before when we've met, but as you grow a business, you're almost creating a monster that you have to feed. You know, you have to shovel more cash into that monster's mouth on a weekly basis just to keep the doors open um, of the business. I was working with one business and I can remember them celebrating their first um, £20,000 order. It was big. I mean, we all went to the pub and had a drink. It was brilliant. And I remember them starting that business out. I can tell you that same business now has to turn over £1.2 million a month just to keep the doors open. I mean, they are a very successful business, but you're looking at a very different proposition. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the, the secret here is for business models to be flexible, meaning that you don't carry too many fixed overheads and that you're able to um, reduce your overheads very quickly. I think the second thing that small businesses are learning um, is understanding where their cash is, because cash is the thing that businesses live or die on. It is the uber resource, as we all know. And... 
Um, what's been really interesting talking to some of the small businesses I've been working with is when they say they've got no cash, we talk about where that cash is. Um, and actually, when you stop and think about where that cash is, um, it is possible in a number of cases to liquidate that cash and get that cash mobile again by changing the way that the business works. Really good example of this, a really simple example is I know lots and lots of small businesses that provide credit to their customers when they're not in a position really to provide credit to their customers. And what they'll tell me is, well, we wouldn't do any business if we didn't provide credit. Well, in my experience, that's simply not true. I think half the time they just don't want to ask. They don't actually want to ask for the money up front um, and they don't want to talk to their customers about it. I mean, we ran a business a number of years ago turning over about six million. We never gave a penny of credit to anyone and we worked with some of the biggest companies in the world. And that's because we set the business up that way. We knew that we couldn't give our customers our cash. The other thing is stock holding. You know, our business is holding too much stock. And um, that's not just, um, uh, by the way, interestingly, that isn't just uh, the uh, businesses that sell physical products, but it's also service businesses. You know, if you're running a service business, your stock is your billable hours. It's the people that are sitting at desks every day and you make your money out of charging their hours out. So things like that, you know, can you create a business where you don't hold so much stock? where you, know, you still engage people, still use people, but use them much more on an ad hoc basis, which frees up working, working capital. Um, the other thing is whether you're working, small businesses are working to their core competencies. You know, are they doing the things that they should be doing? I mean, I know lots of, of small manufacturers who feel that they personally have to manufacture the goods. In fact, when you really start to look at their skill set, their skill set is actually in developing products and selling them. It's not actually in manufacturing them. And manufacturing requires a lot of capital investment. So what about they focus on the development of the products, which is where the intellectual property is, which is where the real value in the business is. And they look at selling the products, communicating that value to their customers. But they leave that middle bit, which is the manufacturing, to a third party who's geared up to scale. So these are all the things that in this crisis are starting to come to light with businesses that are at early stage and starting to grow. They're starting to think really more about, well, you know, if we can't, if it's difficult for us to survive now, how would it be if we were four, five, six times the size? Yeah. And what, what I find interesting about going back to your friend who was sitting on his sofa for half his day is that for a lot of those businesses right now who are, you know, either in semi lockdown or maybe in complete lockdown, clearly the time is now is to get on that sofa, isn't it? And to go through those sort of thought processes that you've just described, um, you know, and, and ask yourself the questions, you know, those questions that you just put, you know, about the flexibility of the business model, where is the cash and where are core competencies? Because, you know, the businesses I've worked with over the years, I think, adapting and changing is probably the biggest challenge that they have because they feel as though and i've noticed this with startups as well is that they they, they kind of get a bit blinkered sometimes in thinking right this is what i'm going to offer and i'm just going to keep offering it offering it, offering it. even though if they looked at the analysis of their sales it would be clear 
that that is not what the market wants. And therefore, the ability to pivot uh, or change direction is really important. And I, and I think this, that's great advice, David, because I feel right now, now is the time for businesses to really address that, do that change of direction, do that pivot, whatever you want to call it, and be then ready with a, a fresh looking model almost to a degree when, when things return to whatever normal is, whenever that is. Yeah, well, I, I think you're spot on there. So, I mean, you, you look at that, there's the other aspect of this, which is you've obviously got companies that are looking inwardly at what they're doing. But as you are always talking about on your podcasts, um, which is just, you know, the best advice ever, is the fact that this all starts with the customer. So, you know, you can be doing as much as you want within your business operation, but actually if you're not delivering something to the customer that they don't want, if you're delivering, sorry, if you're delivering something to the customer that they don't want, what's the point? Um, and I think our, the real danger is that we don't really understand our customers. We don't really understand what they want. I'm working with one company at the moment. Um, I won't sort of mention names, but they are, um, it's, the guys that run this company are uh, incredibly entrepreneurial. Um, they are one of, the, one of the better businesses in Cornwall in terms of growth. Um, and they've been phenomenally growing, um, you know, over, uh, over the last five years. Um, what's been really fascinating about these guys is that during the lockdown, their marketplace disappeared. I mean, it literally disappeared. And we're talking about a fairly large company here. So the first meeting they had, and I sat in that meeting, was, well, what do our customers want in this situation? That was the exact question they asked. What do our customers actually want? They didn't stop and look at the company. They just said, you know, who are the customers? Who are the people we're communicating with every single day? And what do they actually now, right at this moment, need? And they identified a range of products that those customers would need. And as a result of that, they kept their doors open. So the bottom line is that their core business has diminished significantly, but they've made up that diminishing core business by bringing a new offering into the market that their customers want. In other words, exactly what you just said, they've adapted and they've pivoted around the current set of circumstances. Um, so it's all about being outward looking and looking at your customers and thinking about how your customers are thinking, which is what you've always said. And ultimately, and this is a very important word, I think, and this is the way they look at it, supporting those customers through this, because those customers are having a really tough time, you know, um, and they know those customers, they've spent years actually building relationships with some of those customers. So just by talking to them and saying, look, what do you need? Because we can probably get it for you, has been an extremely valuable conversation rather than just throw something out there. So they've actually pivoted their offering quite significantly. And I know a number of other businesses that have done, um, done very similar things. David, that's, that's been great. That's really, really useful. And I'm sure all our, you know, the listeners to the podcast will find this hugely, in, you know, hugely valuable um, uh, during this particular time. So um, if people want to get hold of you, David, or find out more about your businesses, how do they do that? Um, well, they can um, visit our website, which is um, export, www.exportsavvy20.com. Um, that's our core um, export 
training website, which has got lots of business tips on there as well. Um, if they wanted to contact me directly, that's absolutely fine. Um, they could drop me a line, david.bone uh, at exportsavvy.co.uk. Um, and, um, you know, very happy to hear from anyone if they just wanted to run something, um, run something past me. Not a problem at all. Great stuff. Well, I'll put those uh, details in the show notes, David, so people can find them there as well. But again, it's been a pleasure having you back on the show. You're the first person to come back on the show. So that's been terrific. So, um, and I think, you know, it, it's been a great podcast. So thank you very much, David. And, um, you know, good luck with uh, everything that's happening in your world. And let's hope that uh, next time we meet, it might well be in person and um, um, things have moved forward and um, we, we're kind of in a new world. But David, again, thanks very much for coming on the show. Thanks, Trevor, and good luck to everyone who's listening. I hope you all pull through. You know, we can all do this together. So that would be great. Thanks, David. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Wasn't that great? Some really good insight from David Bone, particularly, I think, around about the way that management and leadership has to adapt and engage and communicate and also look at your business model and how flexible it is and keep an eye on your cash Things like that. There's all sorts of things that you can do right now, whether you are still in business and your business is up and running, or whether it's partly closed down or fully closed down until this is over. But whatever situation you're in, you know, now is a brilliant time, isn't it, to really take a hard look at what you're doing and what you want to offer going forward and be ahead of your competition. So, some great stuff from David. I'm preparing uh, on my own website, Trevor Lee Media. Uh, I'm doing a a masterclass on presentation skills and I'm looking at getting it might be out there by the time this podcast comes out I'm not sure but I'm going to be looking at 12 short videos on helping you prepare a presentation structure a presentation deliver a presentation I'm calling it sharpening your business skills so I'm not expecting many of you to be out there doing presentations at the moment probably none of you unless you do them online but this is an opportunity to really sharpen up your presentation skills for when the opportunity arises in the future. So you can be ahead of everybody else. You can really stand out. So have a look on my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk. They'll be in a video, what I call a webinar video format. So there's slides with voiceovers already in place. They're not too long. They're between 10 and 15 minutes each, some less. Um, but I'm sure they'll be really valuable to you. So do enjoy that. If you'd like to come on the podcast and share your thoughts and ideas about what's happening right now and some great top tips that you can offer the listeners, then do get in touch, Trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk and I'll arrange a Zoom call with you to make an online recording and we'll get you on the show as well. So thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay positive. See you soon.